Bhagavan's grace includes Shastra's Kripa also. The teaching itself gives a certain grace. And so what are these two graces? They are nothing except your own punya repackaged in, in the form of grace. Your own punya means any shubhicha, shubha icha, a, a desire for being free that you had either in other lives or even in right now here in this life long ago is being is coming to fruition by creating a teaching space right where you are you know you don't have to go anywhere you know you don't have to leave town in the olden days you have to go to the you know trek the Himalayas and go to Kashi go places because you know the teachers were not uh, you know, climbing the aircraft and <laughs> traveling everywhere. So, the student had to go to the teacher. And now, of course, things have changed. The teachers are much more mobile than before. And uh, so, this way, uh, this is called Deva Kripa. There is a certain wonderful blessing that comes in the form of making this sacred teaching in the form of Sri Rudram available to you exactly where you are and this is not a small thing you know it may seem like it's, it's easy to take for granted but actually this is it's not a small thing it's a very very big uh, big opportunity it's a very wondrous opportunity because the Sri Rudra transforms the person completely even chanting it is transformative let alone assimilating its meaning it's totally transformative so that is, you know, that is called Deva Kripa. Then we have Guru Kripa. It's not that the Guru is, you know, mopping some people over the head with a peacock feather or something like that. That's not what we are talking about. Guru Kripa means that the, 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 the Mahapurusha Samshraya that we talk about in the Vivek, that is talked about in the Viveka Chudamani. Mahapurusha Samshraya means the uh, gaining of a teacher that itself is a kind of a kripa. And the Guru Kripa here means that the Guru has decided to teach. That itself is the Kripa. So these two Kripas can be working over time in the sense that your Purva Punya is with you and it is repeatedly creating, let us say, teaching situations for you to be able to imbibe this and grow as a result. Let us say that that's happening. In fact, why should, why should we say, let us say, that's already happened, correct? And then, Guru Kripa is also there in full measure. You know, Guru is pleased and the teaching is flowing. And then, even though these two Kripas may be working over time, still there is a badhaka, a, a pratibandha, an obstacle to gaining the knowledge because of one important missing Kripa, which is called Atma Kripa. Atma Kripa means I give myself the permission to be, to, to, to gain this teaching. I give myself the blessing of this teaching. I bless myself, yeah. I bless myself to imbibe this teaching, which in itself is a blessing. And you see, here is where a little bit of a you know, uh, one's own uh, effort, you know, even though the listening to the teaching is effortless, 
one's own effort comes here to ward off that feeling of perhaps i don't know what it comes in the way perhaps it's a sense of worthlessness i don't deserve this or perhaps it's a sense of oh it's okay it's not a big deal you know if i am not listening what will happen nothing will happen those kinds of whatever those feelings are they come because of some samskaras some vasanas from the past and here that's why it's a no brainer because you know you don't have to sit and worry how am i going to attack these issues no because the rules are already given you know come on time as much as possible not atlanta time you know <laughs> regular time and then once the class has started and the mantra is chanted the second rule is that you just sit stay put yeah nothing needs to be done because otherwise we won't have given this time eight to nine correct this is for for ourselves so we bless ourselves to really be put in a situation of being able to listen fully because in the listening itself the transformation takes place the transformation doesn't take place you know otherwise so the more i am available to listen the the greater the benefit and the sooner the clarity comes and the greater the clarity is when i am able to listen and so the listening is becomes a meditation so if you are able to sit in one place for one hour and listen that means you have meditated for a whole hour you know that is how the whole thing works and so with these words we will enter into the text so yesterday we saw om namo bhagavate rudraya that is rudra we know the meaning two meanings and then the next one the next mantra yeah namaste rudra manyave so namaste rudra manyave manyave namaha this namaha is a very powerful thing namaha means salutations and surrender it is not a passive uh, helpless uh, greeting of the lord please understand therefore this is not a, a mantra needing where the individual is asking to be saved namaha is a powerful exercise of one's agency in the right direction that is what namaha is because namaha means you have to bring the hands together okay and this is a sign of acceptance and surrender <coughs> both and usually with the human mind the ahankara will say it is very bad to surrender <laughs> surrendering is a sign of weakness it's only the weaklings that surrender the strong people just go and fight the veda has a different understanding of course that's why it's called the veda it's knowledge but from the standpoint of the veda the strongest thing that you can do the most wonderful position that you have is that of surrender and that's what the you know that's what the sanyasi's life is all about you know surrendering to what is but because of the ahankara 
people think you cannot surrender, you should not surrender, this is weakness, how are you just taking this lying down, you know. Let's not forget, Vishnu takes everything lying down. Yeah, Mahavishnu takes everything lying down. It's a position of strength. It's not about taking it lying down. It is, we have to see that in surrender, there is an agency of a very sophisticated kind of agency that is beyond the ken of this kind of thinking, the dichotomous thinking. No, Ashwatthama, not the horse, uh, not the elephant, <coughs> but the other one, uh, the person, Dronasana. He had got that Narayanastha and that is not something to be, you know, taking for granted. And when he deployed that, all the Pandavas went flat on the ground. They did Sashtanga Namaskar. And then... <coughs> The Astra felt sorry for them and they left them alone. This is how it is. So this is like a sense, it's like a protection. It's an agency, it's a very sophisticated way of being an agent. It's a paradoxy in a certain way. How to be an agent by saying, you know, Namaha, I surrender. How can surrender be a form of agency? In fact, that's the best agency. That's the best. If, if one is not able to, you know, if one is not immediately able to get rid of this notion, I am a karta, the best kind of act to do is namaste. Very nice. Because this is a very sukshma thing. Sukshma means very subtle. In this subtle understanding, there is there are many things happening in namaha on many various levels. First thing is that, you know, supposing somebody is rushing at you with a bulldozer, you know, and if you start doing this, first of all, it's useless if you try to come in front of them. And then if you flatten yourself, you know, you have already done the work of the bulldozer. Because what was the intent of the bulldozer? To completely flatten you. It's just an example. But here I am willingly flattening myself. I have gone to a place of bowing down to whatever is coming at me and it's actually a very powerful position. And also psychologically it's a powerful position because the offender or the so-called oppressor in this situation cannot do anything because the oppressor is coming to destroy you and you have no resistance. You have no resistance at all. There is a story of uh, Adi Shankara. He was in meditation and uh, one, uh, what is that? Uh, not, uh, what is that? Uh, the people who eat other people. What are they called? Cannibal. Ah, cannibal. And cannibal came and said, I'm having you for lunch. You know? And uh, Adi Shankara was just sitting and meditating. And the cannibal rushed at him making all kind of war cries and wanting to have him for lunch. And uh, he said, okay, no problem. This is not the correct time. <laughs> this is not the correct time. You come later. Because right now, my students are my protectors and they are all right here. Right now, they will come. And so, therefore, 
you come and he even gives him the even he gives him the uh, the tip he says you know one of the one of the students is uh, actually he is like a narasimha avatara reincarnated so you don't come when he is around when he is not around you come he gives him all the tips and the clues you know so just fantastic and even despite the tip you know <laughs> he was not able to do anything so this is this is a position of strength so this is not when you say namaste even though you are terrified it's still a position of strength because it converts the whole situation into prayer same thing we see we have many examples in our puranas and the uh, itihasas when uh, the war the mahabharata war was to be waged duryodhana goes to sahadeva who is sahadeva one of the pandavas is uh, credited with being a very good astrologer duryodhana goes to sahadeva and says give me a time when i can win the war sahadeva should have said hey, modern time anybody would have said are you out of your mind go get another astrologer what are you doing sahadeva just took him as another client and uh, gave him complete details of when to fight so that you know he would win you see this is a this is a kind of a agency you see in this surrendering he did not surrender to duryodhana he surrendered to the situation and it takes a great grace to see which situation is unalterable and one has to surrender to that and surrender doesn't mean permanently at least for now this is all that i can do and it's not all i mean it is it is the best thing i can do really because the rest of it is just a lot of mind chatter so we have so many examples where this surrender has worked in the favor of the person and has become a position of put them in a position of strength rather than weakness which is not normally thought so namaha te when you say namaste unto you that means one is in a very powerful situation so without much ado we expect that you will try this out in the in the marriage yeah <laughs> see if it puts you in a position of strength you can try it out yeah and uh, you know i was talking one time i never forget this point there's a lot of uh, people from uh, bhutan had come once we <coughs> some of the people were here and uh, one of them you know raised the i was talking about how there is there is a certain grace in losing an argument it's nice to lose an argument because you you really are the winner in the marriage if you lose an argument and there was a newly married couple there and both of them raised their hands <laughs> and i said what is your question who should lose the argument first <laughs> <laughs> so 
So you see, we are not used to the concept of surrender at all as something strength giving. It's best we try it out at home, you know, and then see what that is like. You know, you will come out the victor. No, no doubt. I have no doubt about it. Yeah. So this whole thing is something ulta. You know, it's topsy turvy, and uh, you don't think that when you say namaha, it is it is strength giving on so many levels. It's strength giving because psychologically, you know, you have you have uh, won over the opponent. Because if somebody is really angry and you just listen, then what do they have after a while the anger dies down? But if the other person also gets angry, then uh, it becomes a bigger deal than just saying Namaha. This Namaha you can say many times a day, you know, in difficult situations, in traffic jams, you know, in, in the office, because silently you can say, keep on saying Namaha in the office. Yeah, starting tomorrow, you can start saying Namaha in the office every day, many times. And that again gives a lot of strength because the power of the word is such that it is blessed by, you know, blessed by the teaching tradition, blessed by the Shastra. So, Namaha Te, you know, first Namaha was already done. This is not a part of the mantra. Om Namo Bhagavate Rudraya. That Namo is actually Namaha. And then, Namaste Rudra Manyave. So the next Namaha, actually this is the first mantra, the next Namaha is to who? Manyahu, the anger. Rudra Manyahu, Rudrasya Manyahu. Tasmai, you know, unto that anger of Lord Rudra. Now, why will Lord Rudra be angry? No. This is my own projection. Because of my fear and because of my discomfort with authority. Everybody has authority issues. Because of parental, you know. If you have parents, that's enough. You have authority <laughs> issues. Nothing more need to be said. Yeah, because this is what happens. You know, mother inconsistent, father unavailable, and their problem is so many issues at home. And, you know, they do their best. It's not that they haven't done their best. They have done their best. But from the standpoint of the child, their best is not good enough. Yeah. And that child continues to persist. In fact, in every person, there is one adult and several children. Yeah. Truncated and not yet completely integrated into the adult. So, and since the children outnumber the adult, <laughs> so it's anybody's guess who is praying. It's not the adult who is praying. It's the, it's the fear of the inner children. Yesterday I showed you this, like, you know, oh, get away from me, don't, don't hurt me. This is the child's prayer. You know, appropriate. Because look at, look at the depth of the, you know, the understanding of the human psychology that our sages had. This is something so beautiful. So it's the inner children praying, you know, screaming, yelling, 
And perhaps they do want to be saved. No problem. But really speaking, what they are, you know, what they are being guided to do by the Shastra is Namaha. So when they say Namaha, what will they say? These truncated, unintegrated beings. What will they say? You are angry unto your anger, Namaha. Bhagavan is not angry. Someone else was angry in my past or in my past life. And that anger I have successfully transferred on to Bhagavan. Is this a wrong thing? Not at all. It is in fact encouraged. Because otherwise if it's not transferred to Bhagavan, it will be transferred and spilled over to all the relationships in the life. And that becomes very unhealthy. It's transferred to the marriage, it's transferred to the children, it's transferred to the co-workers and one is just running the script of one's subjectivity all over the jagat. So it is better and it is safer to transfer it on to Bhagavan and say, you look really angry, don't be angry with me, Namaha. <laughs> Quickly, Namaha, to your anger, don't, don't look like that. You know? And people are frightened sometimes. We have one uh, goddess Mukambika in Eugene. And uh, one person came and said, I would like to have darshan. I said, okay, please go have darshan. And she went there and rushed out. The, the goddess is looking very angry. <laughs> and now if you see this goddess, she is actually smiling. She, those who have seen, you will know. Maybe she is not looking angry at all. But this is the subjectivity. So she rushed out. I said, I don't, she didn't even refer to the goddess as she. She says, I don't want to do anything with that thing. It is looking very angry at me. What should I do? I said, go back and sit there. <laughs> really? Yes, but what if she does something? I said, she will not do anything. You just go sit there. And she, you know, bless her heart, she went and sat there. And then, uh, you know, uh, and uh, after that she went away. And I didn't have a chance to talk to her. And then she asked me, what should I do? She's still looking a little bit angry. I said, you go sit there again. You know, sit there for some more time. Don't, don't come out. Just don't be in a hurry to come out. Sit there. And then after I think about four or five sessions with the goddess, <laughs> then she said, was I out of my mind? She's not angry at all. <laughs> She's the most friendly and beautiful, smiling goddess. What was wrong with me that I thought she was angry? You see, this is the power of Namaha. So the transference is encouraged, in fact, because that altar of surrender is called as such because it has the power to alter you. That is why it is called altar of surrender. It alters you. Because what you surrender is all the misgivings, all the flailings and the failings and you just put it on to Bhagavan. You say, you just look angry. How dare you be angry at me? You're really angry. And therefore what? Namaha, Namaste, Rudra Manyave. Unto this Namaha because this anger I cannot handle. It's just like that lady telling me the goddess is looking very mad at me. You know? Same thing. And then what? Manyave namaha. Bahubhyam namaha. Bahubhyam means what? 
palms to your arms and hands. And then Ishave Namaha. Ishu is arrow. I'll explain it. We'll just translate. Ishave Namaha. Bahubhyam Namaha. Uta means also. Dhanvane Namaha. Because the arrow is not being just thrown. It has to go through what is called a bow. Dhanuhu bow. So unto that bow, Namaha. Because arrows and bows are scary things. And first I see, when I have first darshan of the Lord, it's never pleasant. You know, just think about what happened to Arjuna in 11th chapter. Need we say more? What happened to him? He got frightened. And how many times he, he, he said Namaha and he said, <laughs> you know, Kshamasva, forgive me. I didn't know this form of you. Ahara Nidrashaya Bhojaneshu. In, you know, eating together, drinking together, you know, sporting together. I have taken a lot of liberties with you. Namaha, I didn't mean it. Yeah, so the first encounter, the first darshan of Bhagavan is never pleasant unless one has taken care of one's subjectivity. And if one has not taken care of one's subjectivity, no problem because this is an opportunity to take care of one's subjectivity. So the child can scream and say, you know, please don't be angry with me because many people have. And uh, I'm afraid. And you know this thing that you have pointing at me? In this bow, along to the bow there is this, affix this arrow and it looks all gleaming and sharp. And you know what? It's directed straight at me. And sometimes you know they put uh, some skilled uh, uh, archers, they can fire two or three arrows at once. So maybe from the corner of the eye I dare to look. I see that there are five, six arrows with my name on it. Oh, what to do now? <laughs> what to do? I can't handle this. So therefore, Namaha. Namaha to your arms. Arms means the whole hand. Why? Because this is the organ of action. Karmendriya. And for Bhagavan also it is Karmendriya. And the bow and the arrow represent what is called Ayudha. Ayudha means weapons. The weapons have two functions. They either destroy or they protect. Correct? So which is it now? Which is it going to be? <laughs> Are the arrows directed against me? Or are the arrows protecting me. I don't know. Therefore, Namaha. Because it feels as though it is directed against me. Well, this is a classic case of transference. You do the karma. You earn the papa. And then blame it on God saying he is looking mad. <laughs> and he is angry. Bhagavan says, No problem. Yeah. No problem at all. This is what is called in, in psychological parlance, emotional projection or transference. 
transparency. We look mad, we look angry. And so therefore what, you know, I have no other recourse because you are stronger, you are Bhagavan, and I'm just this jiva. And then these arrows, you know, the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune are directed against me. Please, point them elsewhere. You know, the world is big, you know. <laughs> Why you have picked me? You know, point them against a tree or against a rock or something, doesn't matter. And you are Maheshwara, you can, you have so many other worlds. You know, there are seven up, seven down. There are, there are, you know, so many lokas. In other words, why me? <laughs> why they are pointed against me? You see, this is the prayer of a child. And when you go to Bhagavan, you become a child. What else is there? So, and it is allowed. Because, you know, that child, when it comes out, in a certain way, it is it is helpless. It is helpless. The inner child is helpless. The inner child needs to be parented. And actually, when you decide to say Namaha, you are actually allowing that inner child to be parented by you. We just transfer it to Bhagavan and say, Bhagavan is parenting, but actually it is you who is doing that. When you allow the child to surrender in front of this. So, therefore the tradition is very advanced, very sophisticated in its understanding of Ishvara. Although we, you know, self-effulgent consciousness not separate from the self, Ishvara is also the authority of the Jagat. So from the standpoint of the body-mind-sense complex, I feel weak, vulnerable and always targeted. So the inner child doesn't know this is karma and all that. That teaching is for the adult. So what are these arrows? <laughs> These arrows are my own karma being directed against me. So, but I have done some good karmas also, right? Even accidentally. Sure. Then how come we are not discussing that? How come in one hand he has the bow and arrow? Why, why is it not shown that Rudra has in one hand the bow and arrow and in the other hand some gold coins and flowers that he is flinging at me? Why not that? Why only focus on the negative? Because the positive is not an issue to be discussed. You know, good karma when it's come, when it comes in one's life, it is the most taken for granted. In fact, good karma, punya, has a complex. Punya can go and complain to Bhagavan. Nobody notices when I come. <laughs> nobody, nobody feels happy. Nobody feels grateful. Only Papa gets all the attention. Punya nobody even notices. I'm the most ignored and misunderstood person. It, it will have a case in Bhagavan's court if it were to complain like that. So Punya nobody notices. Because the fact that I awoke in the morning and found the 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 uh, surroundings familiar, that itself is a great punya. <laughs> that I was able to recognize my surroundings, that I have not gone somewhere else, is a great punya. Each time I eat, you know, the food goes into the esophagus, not into the windpipe. You know, that is a great punya. 
that I'm able to sit and enjoy the Shastra. Great Punya. Great, great Punya, really. Small, small things. You know, that time I was just going on the road and I met some stranger and they smiled at me. Another Punya. So this Punya nobody even thinks about. We take it for granted and always one is looking for some big pie in the sky. Or some guy in the sky, you know. Want some big food. These small, small things are gone. Because the discontentment overpowers the person. So much so, the person becomes a wanting person. And from the standpoint of this wanting person, nothing is enough. And from the standpoint of the subjective child, it only sees the bad coming at it. So even if Lord Rudra standing alongside Parvati, even though Parvati is perhaps giving all nice smiles and giving some punya, the, the child is not noticing. The child is only noticing the anger and the fear-based you know, response comes out first because that is what is in the way, stands in the way of both prayer and knowledge, self-knowledge. This is what stands in the way of one's own subjectivity. Otherwise, it is very easy. This knowledge is not difficult. Because we have selective hearing, we have to listen to it again and again. <laughs> yeah. Half the things are not heard. Okay, okay, the other half is heard. Yeah, the other half is heard in a filtered and distorted way. So what is heard? Nothing is heard. That's why so many times people say, you said this. I never said that. You know, but I heard this, yeah, that I can understand. <laughs> you heard this, I understand. <laughs> you know, very interesting. So the child screams, don't hurt me. Namaha to all those areas that are about to hurt me, to your hands, to that bow that looks dangerous and to those arrows, those gleaming arrows that are pointed at me. And for the adult, the understanding is of the... Murti of Bhagavan, the embodiment of Bhagavan as a karmaphala data, the giver of the results of action. Karmani eva adhikarahate ma bhaleshu kadachana. You only have the right over action, not through the fruits thereof, correct? Yeah. So therefore what? Therefore, you know, we see this, we see the truth of this. Because I don't have any say over the results. I cannot control the results of action. So the, the results of action are in the hands of the controller. Who is the controller? Niyanta Ishvara. Bhagavan. So Bhagavan has a sense of humor. And Bhagavan has lots of gift wrapping paper. And he takes the karmas and then wraps them and gives them back. You don't even have to open it. It opens on its own when it's done. You forgot, what is that? Uh, that uh, kind of you have to put three numbers and the lock opens. What is that called? Yeah, it's got a combination lock on this present that only Bhagavan knows the number. His assistant Chitra Gupta also knows the number. That's also, that's all it is. You, don't, you cannot open it. It opens in time. And it's not very literal. 
It's just because you helped out somebody few days ago, it will come back, somebody will help you, no? It is very innovative and creative and again, not without a sense of humor. Very beautiful. And so, from the standpoint, from the objective standpoint, what we are looking at is the karma phala, is, is, a, is a freeze frame of the karma phala being directed at the jiva. What recourse does the jiva have? Jiva can run. Karma phala will also run. Rudra will run with the arrows. <laughs> so therefore, the jiva uses an action on his or her own behalf in the form of namaha, a sophisticated, you know, choice in terms of agency with which to greet the results of action. Because the results of action are called avashyam bhavi. Avasyam bhavati iti. Because they will, actually they will always happen. You know. So therefore, you cannot escape it. That which we cannot escape, we gracefully surrender to. There is grace in that. There is a certain integrity in that. There is a certain upayoga, the use of a certain buddhi in that. It's so beautiful. So therefore, the adult is also saying Namaha. Do you see the two things? The child is also saying Namaha. But from a space of fear, the adult is saying Namaha if the adult is capable of it. If it's not overpowered by all the inner tantrum children. The adult is saying Namaha to those actions that I have done in the past, which I may or may not remember, but whose fruits I have to bear in the form of physical discomfort, emotional pain, whatever it is. So Namaha means I surrender to that. I accept what is coming. This is a great wisdom. I accept what is coming. Why? Because I have already spent several lifetimes flailing at what is coming and it is not of any help. So the wisdom is to say I am in a place of accept. But Namaha, I'm saying, both accept and surrender, yes? But also one more thing. That's why I said it's a very sophisticated form of agency. Because whenever I say Namaha, it's converted into a prayer. It's converted into a prayer immediately. You just add Namaha to any sentence, it is converted into a prayer. Your own fear here, on part of those inner children, is converted instantaneously into a prayer. This is fantastic. And prayer is an action. Let us not forget. That's why we have three forms of prayer. What are they? Kavikam, Kavikam, physicalized, ritualized prayer, Vachikam, you know, verbal, like Parayana and all that. And then, Manasam, mental prayer. That's why it's action. Karma. This is a karma. And so when I say Namaha, I am not just lying flat on the floor. That is just the, you know, that is just the demeanor. What am I saying? I am saying a prayer and I am creating Punya. Each time you say Namaha, Punya is generated. 
very very fantastic you see among these levels this is so perfect each time you say namaha punya is born and we need more and more punya and sometimes people say i am now studying i am now studying vedanta i don't need punya no <laughs> if you are studying vedanta you need extra punya because there are many slips between what yeah shastra shastra and me many slips suddenly some problem comes suddenly some issues come suddenly i am not able to attend class i am able to attend but i am not interested so many things can happen the mind is not uh, the mind is not cooperating so many blocks are there pratibandhas are there therefore i need to shore up on the punya big time want to have a punya bhandara bhandara means storehouse a treasure trove of punya i want to collect very easy just keep saying namaha 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 it comes and so from the standpoint of the adult namaha is a very beautiful weapon to deploy against the karma phala see you see it is no longer surrender it's actually a weapon it's a ayudha it both protects and destroys what does it protect it protects me from the onslaught of the karma phala it gives me the strength and what does it destroy it has the power to destroy the karma phala how how can just this i mean look at this rudra you know full stretched bow gleaming arrows and this small little jeeva me how can one namaha half heartedly uttered by this jeeva how can it have the power of transforming this these bows and arrows and how will rudra turn away for you know and or lay down his bow how will that happen the answer is very logical very simple very beautiful because what is the previous karma that is all the adharma actions adharmic actions is called papa those results i have to face correct and another word for uh, karma in many indian languages and definitely in sanskrit is adrishtam adrishtam simply means invisible nadrishtam adrishtam invisible because i told you that is why we have this whole uh, you know bhagavan in a um, Uh, repackaging the karma i i don't see what's in the box the gift wrapped box comes it opens on its own something comes comes out and then it closes on its own so my own karma coming back i don't see it even the punya i cannot anticipate much less the papa so therefore what i keep saying that this is adrishtam because every action has two fold results one is immediate and one is you know in time that in time result is called adrishti like meditation Med- meditation is a karma and you have immediate results what are the immediate results of meditation your family members are very happy that you meditated <laughs> <laughs> immediate result correct whether you are happy or not doesn't matter but the family members keep saying please meditate some more <laughs> you know in fact they start buying you meditation paraphernalia like cushions and bells you know 
that's when the bell should go off. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so this is the immediate, you know, effect. And then the Adrishta also, because it's a prayer, and you've been saying Om Namo Bhagavate Rudraya, Om Namo Shivaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, whatever your mantra is, you've been saying. So that also produces Adrishta. Correct? So this way, each karma has kind of the immediate effect and the effect kept in abeyance to be enjoyed as Janmani, Janmantare Va, in this birth or in other births. And so too, when you say Namaha, it has to hold effect, correct? That karma of saying Namaha has twofold, you know, consequences. One of them is immediate. Immediately you start feeling better. You start feeling stronger. You, you are in a place of acceptance and surrender. That is immediate. And then there is something kept in abeyance, adrishtam, to be rectified later. So this adrishtam created by saying repeatedly namaha, namahate, 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 namaste, 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 goes and joins that adrishtam which I am seeing in the form of arrows. And this adrishtam can cancel that adrishtam. Fantastic. This adrishtam cancels that adrishtam. Unless it is prabala prarabha. Prabala means sometimes the karma is too strong. It cannot cancel it but it will mitigate it. It will definitely mitigate it. It cannot cancel it. Some things have to happen, but it mitigates it. You know, like uh, there was uh, Nagastra, you know, where uh, it was being deployed on Arjuna when he was in the battlefield. But because he had Punya with him, Adrishtam was with him in the form of Lord Krishna. And that Nagastra was to just cut off his neck. And when the Nagastra was deployed, Krishna took dipped the chariot a little bit so that only his crown, you know, was kind of knocked off from his head. I mean, that itself is an insult in the battle. But it's less of an insult than losing the head. <laughs> Much less. Correct? Yeah. So that dipping here on part of Lord Krishna is, is a kind of a Namaha right there. He dipped the whole chariot. So instead of the Nagastra being in line with the neck, it just, you know, several inches, it just uh, missed the mark. So like this, the Adrishtam, this Adrishtam can join that Adrishtam from the past. Because I'm, I'm creating the Punya and I'm praying for it to go and help me out by mitigating my Papa Karma. You see, from on the level of the adult, it is so sophisticated. This is certainly not some kind of a salvific prayer. Save me. You know, it's not that. Because I am exercising agency of the, of the highest order. Highest order of agency here is to, is to say Namaha. And in so doing, what am I doing? I'm creating punya to counter that papa. That papa is also adrishtam. This punya is also adrishtam. It's like an inoculation. I inoculate myself. I vaccinate myself 
against against the duritas against the wrong karma phalas i vaccinate myself this is very fantastic beautiful and so when that inoculation happens two things happen one is i might be immune to the karma phala or even if i get a karma phala attack that attack is very mild and i'm able to withstand it i'm strong enough to withstand what comes my way so you see this very simple sounding chant namaste rudra manyave utot ishave namaha namaste astu dhanvane bahubhyam utate namaha it you know if you know some sanskrit words you can look at the dictionary manyave and to the anger you know namaha salutations you know this doesn't do justice to the 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 weightage behind this that is there that is supported by the tradition that's why this is not something to read about because when you read what happens is just you get the translation yat ish shivatama shivam bhagavate manoho yat ish shivatama shivam bhagavate manoho correct they have also acted on their own behalf and said please keep away these arrows i'm scared i'm scared i'm so terrified of you oh bhagwan you look very angry you look just like my father did when he was angry <laughs> all these things and then what and then that venting has given instant psychological uh, you know relief instant therapy to the inner child so much so that it has integrated a little more with the adult and now the second prayer is taken up by the adult completely yate ishuhu now your arrow shivatama now it has become quiet it's not in other words it's not pointing at me you have changed the direction a little bit the arrow i still see but i don't see it as pointed against me shivatama babhuva it has become quietened and then dhanuho you know dhanuho also has become shivatama so this now you are starting to look shivatama shivatama means auspicious you are looking so beautiful now oh lord you are looking like i can make eye contact with you so shiva means auspicious so not only your arrow has become shivatama even the bow has become auspicious so from seeing those arrows as directed against me 
I have grown in the in the first mantra to the second mantra. I have grown to see it as forms of protection, intending to protect me. They are no longer badhakas or vinashakas, but they are rakshakas. So the weapons are not weapons of destruction. What are they? They are weapons of protection. And how did in one mantra the weapons of destruction get become weapons of protection? My own prayer, my own attitude, my own growth, my own shift, a cognitive shift that I have made where I am settling accounts with what is called God, with Bhagavan. I am no longer projecting this. You know, they say that, what is it? God made man in his own image. No, we make God in our own image. It's very, very clear. So now, and the Bhakta says, Te dhanuhu, te ishuhu, cha shivatama babhava. Now they are so quiet. And they look very nice. They look as your ornaments. You know, just like Krishna carrying a flute. You are carrying a bow, no big deal. <laughs> they, they have become vibhutaya. You know, they just are ornaments for you to look nice. No big deal. Carry them. They're wonderful. And so your bow and arrow is not directed at me. This is a great, good, wonderful thing. Your bow and arrow is not directed at me. It's a it's become a source of protection. And Sharavya, Sharavya is quiver. So your quiver is also now auspicious. You see the three times the word Shiva, Shiva, Shiva is used. Your quiver is also quietened and it has become Shanta. It doesn't have malefic intentions against me. Why? Because of my own growth. So the idea is, from the first mantra to the second mantra, everyone has grown. <laughs> See, that is why I like the Sri Rudra because it's instant uh, rewards. So it gives instant gratification. Okay, I have grown. From the last mantra I was screaming, now I am looking at Bhagavan. You know, just like that lady I told you, after three, four sessions with the goddess, she says, oh, she is so beautiful, she is smiling at me. Before, she is frowning, she looks fierce, she looks awful. This is what she was saying. So this is this is what? My own growth that has happened. And perhaps from mantra 1 to mantra 2, several lifetimes are needed. Doesn't matter. We have the time. In fact, all we have is time. <laughs> we have the time. What's the rush? No, 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 no. I want to reach Anubhaka 11 right now. No. Hurry up and what? Do what? Hurry up and wait. Hurry up and, you know, miss the present. You have to be right here, right now. Eleven chapter will come, you know. Not chapter 11. No, I'm not talking of chapter 11. What is chapter 11? <laughs> <laughs> That's why Potosley said 11th chapter. Eleventh section here will come. Bankruptcy, yeah. So, although even that is applicable, because there is a chapter 11 means here, 
Anuvaka, maybe that's how they got it for <laughs> bankruptcy because here you have a certain Bhairagya by that time. So, but it's not bankrupt, you know. So, this, your quiver is also quietened down. Your bore is extremely quieted. Your arrows which were frowning at me are now smiling at me. They have been reduced to a beautiful expression from the terrifying arrows in the previous mantra. And Mridaya, O Rudra, He Rudra, O Lord Rudra, walk at your case. Mridaya, please be pleased. Be pleased, be happy. Be happy with what? With my prayer, of course. Please accept my prayer. You know, accept my prayer and be happy. Another thing, make me also happy. Make us happy. Naha, no is there, no? Yeah, naha. Make us happy. Or it's just a statement. You make us happy. Before you were terrifying us, now you make us happy. Because Sanskrit is very flexible. You can have, you know, multiple meanings. You make us happy with this quietened bow. Now you are looking very nice. This is very reminiscent of the Bhagavad Gita's 11th chapter also. Because he said, please come back to your form that I love. My Ishtadevata, you know, with the Shankha, Chakra, Gada and the blessing hand. This hand gives fearlessness, not like the arrows. <laughs> So with the blessing hand, please bless me. Uh, Lord Krishna, Krishna is told by Arjuna, come back. And then, you know, Lord Krishna at the end of the chapter comes back to his original form. Here, we have don't have to wait till anything in the very next week. That's why Rudra is called Ashutosha. Quickly pleased. Quickly pleased. Instantly pleased. That is why in the Puranas, Shiva is very gullible and gives lots of, uh, you know, boons to all uh, undeserving devotees. <laughs> and Mahavishnu has to come and rescue him from, from Ravana, from everyone. Ah, yeah, that is a, yeah, that is a case in point. Yeah. And uh, so Shiva just gives away everything. And so that's why there is an instant result of the previous mantra in the sense that I am quietened down. <laughs> it's not that Bhagavan is quietened down. This is again my own projection, you know. But there is a certain truth to this projection because Bhagavan is benign, you know. It's not someone out to get me. Vishwara God is not someone out to get me. So therefore, here I am seeing this as a blessing. And in this blessing, this way when you bless me, you make us all very happy. This avatara of yours, we just absolutely love. And we want to get to know you more. And we want to spend more time with you because now you are not, uh, you know, uh, terrorizing us with your arrows. So, we can stay and we can spend more time with you tomorrow. At 7 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs>